And take it to the Word of God. Praise God. We're going to talk about something that is going to be the, the building stone for this church. We are moving closer to the rapture. I said we're moving closer to the rapture. You have no idea how close we are. I don't think no one knew either. So God said, get on board. Get on board. One of these days, maybe the last service, the last time we sing, it could be while we're singing the song. And we're finishing hallelujah in heaven. It could be while you're in your bed snoring. One taken and the other left. I hope nobody's left on the bed. Amen. That's why we're baptized in Jesus' name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Talking tongues every day. You got to check your, your oil level. Make sure your, your oil is in there. Don't, 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 don't impress me. Impress him. Because hallelujah. I won't be around to know who made it. I won't know who made it. And you won't know if I made it. But I make sure you know you got in. Praise the Lord. In a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, how fast is that? Microseconds. No time to change. No time to say, bye kids, bye wife. No, you're gone. Thank God for his word. Third John. Third John. Praise God is moving by his spirit. The best is yet to come for this church. Amen, amen. And we have to lay a foundation to build on that God can add to us, such as should be saved. That statement scared the life out of me. Such as should be saved. Then, Lord, who should not be saved? Let him answer that one. But chapter 1 of the book of 3 John, there's only one chapter. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Now, Gaius is a very hospitable person in the kingdom of God. Every stranger knows Gaius. Because Gaius opened his house to everybody that were strangers. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health. In health even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came. Notice here, the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. People are talking about the church. Even as thou walkest in the truth. Somebody is tattletaling to John. Telling what's going on in that church. I have no greater joy than to hear gossip that my children walk in the truth. Somebody is gossiping. He said, Beloved, Thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren. Then said to the world, or Caesar, but to the brothers and sisters, and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity. What's the word? Charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godless sort, thou shalt do well. In other words, receptivity. Because... That must be missionary, I take it. That for his name's sake, they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. They refused to take handle from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. You folks hear that? You're not helping Brother Neil, you're helping the truth. A lot of folks still are helping me. You're not helping me. You're helping him and yourself. 
I wrote unto the church, but Diotrophes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. That's a shocking shame. Here's an apostles. We have this guy who won't even receive him. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. I mean, talking wrong stuff about the, the, the apostles. And not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and cast them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil. They're calling his works and his deeds evil. But that which is good, he that doeth good is of God. But he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Thank God didn't stop there. There's hope for the church. Demetrius hath good report of all men. I mean, people are talking about you. They're gossiping about you. Demetrius hath good report of all men. Everybody's talking about Demetrius, how good he is. And of the truth itself. Yes, and we also be record. And you know that our record is true. In other words, what they're saying about him is true. I had many things to write, but I will not write with ink and pen. I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, but I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. Lord, speak to us. Speak to us, Jesus, in a marvelous way. Thank you for talking to us. Lord, if we forget history, we're bound to repeat it. But our future is designed by the foundation history has set for us. And this night, we are going to talk about your word. And you're going to anoint us and illuminate us and leave us better than we came. We ask in Jesus' name. You may be seated. My title is Love Leadership. Love Leadership. Love Leadership. Jesus Christ didn't pray many prayers that are recorded, but there are a few that are recorded for us. As a man, he prayed. He was God and man. He, he prayed as a man, but he also answered prayer because he was God. This man with the two dual nature, divinity and humanity. And his last prayer was in John 17. You go there and read. That's the last word of a man. He prayed, Oh, Father, that these that believe on me, just 12 guys, would be one. He says, I pray not for the world, but I pray for these that you gave me out of the world. And for those that will believe on me, Jesus, through their words, through their writing. And John, in the third epistle of John, is writing to us in the 21st century, telling us about a first century event 
that I was not there to witness or to notice, but somehow the pattern is still here with us. It's my role model that God gave us this chapter. Very short, but very pungent, very powerful, potent. Lots of lessons can learn from this congregation. Notice it's not about the world or written about the world. It's written about God's people, interpersonal relationship that we have. As a Christian, we have vertical relationship with God. We pray to Him. We're one with Him. But then there's also the horizontal relationship that we have with each brothers and sisters. Amen. Paul said we call the older ones elders. And we call the younger men brothers. We call the younger ladies sisters. And the older one mothers in Zion. And they have their function and their place in the body. Nobody in the church is unemployed. Everybody has a place. The older ladies must teach the younger ladies how to take care of their husband and their kids. And the older men must teach the younger men how to be committed to a cause. God have delineated what we are, should be. Everybody preaches got to feed the flock. The church collectively have got a witness to the world. Everybody has a job. It's not all behind the pulpit. It's not all behind the piano and the organ. But everybody is employed. And you can become at the end, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so John is writing to somebody called Gaius, Obviously, guest is now in the ministry and is over some saints. And John, the apostle, the last of the apostles left. They're all killed. They're all dead. Only one left, like Jesus said he would. And so he's left behind to take care of all the churches that Paul started in Asia. And all that Peter had in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. He got the entire work on his hand. And the Bible said... He's writing to Gaius, amen, and, and, and commending him. And commending is, is, uh, is charitable work among the brethren. And talked about the fact that there were some that were evangelistic and they were always traveling, going around, reaching souls, touching souls, strengthening the brethren. We call them today missionaries. I mean, read, not people with title, but people with mission. Not the people carrying a bad say, well, I'm a missionary and dressed in white on Sunday and their hats all this different colors. And I don't mean that kind of stuff. That's nonsense. Amen. I mean real missionaries. People that really gone somewhere and done something. Amen. Not just come in here tonight to start talking to us and preach to each other. It doesn't help anybody. Very few people. But I mean real missionaries that go from street to street, from country to country, and land to land, and they jeopardize their lives in hostile territories trying to preach the gospel. John said, receive them. But John said also, they also run into a snag. That there was a guy amongst you folks, I heard about it, he didn't say I know about it, I heard about it, I heard rumors that you got in your midst a guy called by the name Diotrophes. Now, I believe these names are self. 
in time and eternity. I don't believe diatrophy has ever changed. I believe John probably met him because John says, I'll face him right on when I get there. But diatrophy is one thing in the Bible. When the Bible gives you the name of a person, it's sealed. When God says, Cain is of the wicked one, Cain have no history of change. Cain was in Genesis and the same in the New Testament. Same. He's never changed. Jezebel, the same as she was, one of the kings, and she remained the same in the church age. And therefore I can say very carefully and very confidently that diatrophies never changed. And therefore God made a role model out of him and said that's what you don't want to be like. Because his life is evil dead. I'm not talking about a sinner now. I'm talking about a Jesus name, one that's Pentecostal, baptized in the name of the Lord, have the same gospel we've got, but chose a, a path of relationship that God called evil. And John said, when I get there, I'll fix him. Now, we don't know how John fixed him or what happened, but no, John said, when I get there, I will challenge him. Because John is the apostle of Jesus Christ. And the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Jesus Christ, the chief called stone. Diatrophy is irrelevant. But he wants the what? Preeminence. Now, the preeminence means he wants to be king. He wants to be King Kong. <laughs> he wants to sit above everybody else's throne. He wants to be on the top pedestal. And if you don't make him that, he's going to throw you out. And all those who will support him, they're out. And all those who went along with this dirty scheme, they're in. And when the missionaries came by, he blocked them. And when John wrote an, apost an epistle to the church, because that's how they control the local churches, because apostles couldn't be everywhere. The churches grew around the world. There were every place you could think of. And so the apostles could not be everywhere. So they sent them letters. They sent them messages like Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. All these guys are sent out by the apostles to go talk to these people in their stead and bring back report. And the report came back and said, Sir, the guy that they called Diatrophist, he tore up your letter. He said, you don't have a right to talk to these people. They're mine. And so he tore it up. Tore it up. Tore it away. Continue to do that. And all those who came to represent John, he pushed them out. Get out of here. Well, John is absent, of course. That's amazing how the Holy Ghost didn't strike this guy dead. You can't find anybody in the book of Acts where God killed. Except one. One time. Because the book of Acts is a book of grace. It's not law. And on the law, people drop dead. The earth opened up. You know, and fire came and burned them up. But not in Acts. He came not to destroy, but to what? Seek and to save. And so, you don't read where these guys, uh, how they ended, but we know they ended in a terrible way. And then the Bible said, we heard what he's doing. Saints are talking about him. And the news spread all the way across to Jerusalem. His evil deeds. And by the way, John, he's talking against you. I'm not sure what he was saying. 
But whatever he was saying, it was not good. Because in Corinth, there were some people who rose up and overthrew the faith of some. Let me tell you, saints of God, your brothers and sisters can mess you up. They can cause you to quit church. They can cause you to backslide. They can twist up your faith. I've been here long enough to see it. I have been through it all. I know of it. I can show you people in the grave that are lost because of saints on the pews. And so it's up to you to protect your own salvation. And don't let God say to you, you didn't run well. Who did hinder you? That you shouldn't continue in the race. I heard people say, well, I ain't going to play the piano no more. I won't play the organ no more. I won't blow socks anymore. I won't play the drum anymore because so-and-so didn't like the way I played it. And I thought, my God, who are you playing for? Who called you? If they can push you up, they should push you out. Amen. That which can be shaken will be shaken. And that which cannot be shaken are fastened to God. Praise God. Paul says, none of these things move me. You know, they call Paul a babbler. And Paul said, that don't move me one bit. They call him a ringleader of sect. They said, too bad. I know what God said to me. And he preached the gospel. And he died for the gospel. Amen. You've you got to get, get this message, friend. Every church will have diatrophies. There will be diatrophies in the end time. Lots of them. Amen. But thank God there's also Demetrius's. There's a flip side to the coin. It's not all tail. There's a head there also. Come on, head I win. Tail you lose. Like Brother said one time, the Bible talked about the serpent. Amen. We saw bruises head. Come on. And in the Old Testament, they bruises tail. That means head or tail we win. <laughs> Clap hands to Jesus. Now, I want you to listen today what God is saying. He said, Gaius has good report. People are talking about his goodness and kindness in the faith. He has good leadership. He's not a pulpit person. This is a guy behind the scene. He's not a front. He's not something you see up there, amen, on the throne, but in the backside of the desert, making the throne exist. And so he's doing a great job, amen, down there in the hospitality department. And the Bible says he's a great man and he's praying for his prosperity in health and wealth. Because of God, multiply his bread that he may have wherewithal to give to others more. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so Gaius was that kind of person. And many times we use the scripture and we give it to people that don't deserve that scripture. But that text was written to people who do good things. And God reciprocate. Amen. They cast their bread upon the water and they come back. If you don't give to God cause, you have no right to expect anything from God. You have no rights at all. Amen. At this altar, if you don't have a sacrifice on this altar. This altar belongs to those who sacrifice on it. Then the blessing come to the... Come on now. The people that sacrifice on this altar. You can't expect the same, the same kind of reward that we have. Because you don't have a right to this altar at all. It belongs to the people that sacrifice at this altar. Amen. And so God said, all right. Right, John, right what's happening. 
And John says, he wants the preeminence. What does the preeminence mean? It means he wants to be the head cook and bottle washer. It's his word or the highway. Everything got to revolve around him. I mean, number one is him. It's all in him. All because of the fullness of the Godhead was not. <laughs> it's all in him. Well, sorry, it's not going to be that way, John. says, no. And so, whatever he was saying, we don't know the word, but there were a malicious word. Malicious come from the word malice. He had a malice against John. And the best way to destroy John, John's ministry is to assassinate his character. It's to speak evil. I'm telling you, folks, you be careful who email you. Oh, my Lord, now. You be careful who uh, Facebook you. They may take you from the face. Look at Jesus Christ. You be careful who phone book, phone call you. Hallelujah. All email is not good email. All face calls is not good face call. And I'm telling you, friend, it just takes a little bit of seed of discord to destroy you. The good source so good seed. And in the absence of the Lord, the enemy came and so tears and tore up the field. You know tears grow? They wrap around the real thing. And you cannot separate the two without causing some destruction. Amen. And there's going to be a great falling away. I told this morning, a great what? Falling away. Say to yourself, I'm not in that number. Look at the crowd. I'm not in that number. <laughs> I'm standing for God. Praise God. I'm not going to fall away. I'm going to make sure I get into that kingdom of God. All right? And so, malicious words. I have no idea what those words were. But one thing I know, John says he's not even content to do that. But he attacked those who stood with John. And forbidding people to listen to John or to live for God like they should. He said, that's evil deed. But thank God, God didn't leave you with all that bad example. There was a good example also. Demetrius hath good report. And John said, I bear witness that his report is good. My friend, don't let your name be evil spoken of. Don't let your time on earth be a regret to God and many people. Amen. Praise the Lord. And she so, said, so look, you got a good report here. He said, look, follow that man because our record is true. Demetrius is all right. Chaos is all right. You can pop it this way. Mark them that cause division. You know, Mark them. Put a mark on them and avoid them. Now, I know it's here. Divisive people always have magnetism. Charismata. They can drag you to them. Hello? And pull you towards them. Pull you on their wing. How are they going to suffocate you? Don't you for one moment think the devil is like the picture they draw. In fact, the devil had more beauty than Jesus Christ. Jesus had no beauty that you desire him. But when you saw see the devil, my friend, is the most handsome debonair boy. I mean, riding in town, hallelujah, wavy hair. I mean, white teeth and, woo, hallelujah. 
This guy is sharp, man. <laughs> Honey, he's as deadly as poison. That's why he fell for it. Now, what am I saying this to you? John put it this way. I have many things to write to you, but I don't have enough time. But I'll see you face to face. Sometimes we preach this this way. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I want to talk to you, church, but I can't do it all in the Bible. Wait till I see you face to face. Then we'll know him as we are known. We're going to know Jesus like he knows us. Amen. We're going to plainly look at his face and see him. And you want to ask, who is this? We're going to say, this is our God. We have waited for him. Now, so, friend, now, you've got to be careful now. There are always dire trophies. Now, I can tell the new convert, when I came in the church, I had enough experience from people on the pew to let me quit. Now, the pastor didn't know what I'm going through as a saint. And the things they said about him, the church, and the doctrine. And I knew every person in the church that was a hypocrite. Because I didn't have to discover it. I was shown it. People told me about people I don't even know. And I decided myself, well, God, they're not in my favor. I just came out of the tavern and the bars and the honky-tonk. And I came here naive, thinking everything's going to be great. I don't want this guy to wake me out of my dream. I came expecting the best, but the best. And I don't want their education. I will wait until it happened to me. You know, when I went to the, the foreign field, the first thing I want to tell you is what the bad places are. So don't tell me, please. I don't want your fear to be my fear. I said, when I get to it, I'll deal with it. But please don't educate me. I don't want to know. Don't show me. Don't tell me. Let me decide naive. <laughs> and when I face it, God will give me the, the, you know, the defense against it. You know, church, and I left there, never had a fear once in my life. I walked where voodoos were practiced. Animal sacrifice were offered. Human sacrifice took place. It never bothered me one bit. I saw soldiers with guns and bayonets and all that. I never felt fearful one time in my life. Because I didn't allow them to sow seed of fear in me. I swear they're believing my God can take care of me. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I cross that bridge, I'll get there. Praise the Lord. When I was coming to make Mary, I said to the pastor, I don't know anything. What am I going to do there? I said, I said tell me what I need to do before I get there. He said, well, you'll find out. And that was a good advice because if I had known, I would be all tensed up. I'd be all, I probably wouldn't come at all. <laughs> Amen. But I didn't know anything. I was naive. So I walked in there naive. And little by little, God saw us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And said, so you follow me, you'll be all right. Clap into Jesus. Now, I'm writing this to you. The problem is diatrophies. The solution is Demetrius. I learned very quickly in church that I could not copy people on the pew. I could not let them influence me with their problems. It's like, hey, hey, you go there, you know, they got problems, you got problems, and you find out they got more problems than you got. So you just quit going. <laughs> Unless you want to be become paranoid and demented. So I can't go back there. It's too much for me. 
I don't have that problem. <laughs> I want you to add your problem to me. <laughs> so I'm not going back there. I'm not putting on the system. I'm trying to tell you, friend, bad news can corrupt good manners. I don't want that kind of situation. Amen. And, and, and so I said, okay, God, you've got to take me through this by your word. And thank God for good preachers who taught that if you want to live for God, study characters in the Bible. Their, their features are settled. They cannot change it. Abraham, Enoch, and David cannot change the record. And God didn't give me a variable record. He gave me a casting stone record. And if I walk in the steps of Enoch, I'm going to have an Enoch response. If I walk in the step of Abraham as a friend of God, I'm going to have a friendship with God. Amen. I don't care what the backsider does. I don't care what the deacon does. I don't care what the secretary does. I don't care what they do. They're not my example. My example is in the Scripture. That means that mean if they fail God, I'm not going to fail God because they did. If they walk on God, I'm going to say, well, if they couldn't do it, I can't do it. That's a lie. It's every man for himself. Praise God. My mind is going to be set on character in the Bible. Praise God. And I said, I want to be like this guy. I don't want to be like this guy. I want to be like this one. And I'm picking out the ones that are good. It will happen. Blessed is the man that walketh right, not in the counsel of the ungodly, not stand in the way of sinners, not sinners in the scornful. I'm not saying in, in divine order, but that's got the same thing. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditated in that day and night. Praise God. Amen. And so we want to talk to you about love leadership. Now, the answer to this scripture here is 1 Corinthians 13. I could speculate, but I want to give you 1 Corinthians 13. The Corinthian church is the most gifted church in the Bible. And God has a way of covering every human aspect of living. So nobody will have an executive day of judgment. Every failure, every successes, Everything that people did, good or bad, great men and poor men, God recorded it. And make sure you can read it. He loved Abram a whole lot, but Abram was a bad guy. <laughs> Twice he almost lost Sarah. Amen. He was a bad man. Did some bad stuff. God still loved him because he repented. David was a guy too that uh, stepped out of line and embarrassed God. And God wrote it down. And God punished him. That means you and I will not escape. God will do the same thing to us, to us. Now, stay with me, folks. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. This church have a political mind. They came out of Athens. I mean, they're, they're Grecians. They're very educated people. And they love eloquence and knowledge and wisdom and all that stuff. And then they got Apollos in their midst. A silver tongue can sway on the chandeliers. Sweet talker. And Paul, who once had that, came in the church and purpose, he will not preach that kind of way. He could, but he refused to do it. Lest they be attracted to God by his eloquence or his charisma. He said, I want to die 
and all they see is Jesus Christ. Now you can't blame Apollos for being what he is. That's his spirit. That's his ministry. Not a problem to him, but to Paul it was a problem. Hello? Paul was such a problem that he said God had to put a thorn in his ministry to keep him saved. Well, Apollos didn't need that. But Paul needed it to be saved. You see that? So you can't judge each other's behavior by the way we're living. Amen. Because we're all different. And so Peter, when he comes back, they know he's got the keys. And they say, well, you know, Peter is the boss, and Paul is just a servant, and Apollos, man, he's the king of the crop. They said, I'm of Paul, I'm of Peter, and so on. Hey, preachers are not gladiators. We're not preaching so you can figure out who was the number one, who was number two. You get it all wrong. It's a word from God. And you better receive it. Praise the Lord. It's not up here figuring out when we brought these young boys up here to speak. I don't care which one to speak. Amen. I don't say, well, this one's better than this one. I don't say that. Why on earth would I say that? That's Corinthianism. Hello? That's Corinthianism. And so Paul said, okay, guys, God brought these people in the church. He sent them in the church. God didn't ask you if, if, if they should save me. Maybe they said no. But God brought me in anyhow. Brought you in anyhow. Without the rest of our permissions. Hello? He said, Peter, I don't need your permission to save Cornelius. Just go there and tell what I told you. And I, I don't need your opinion of Paul. Go over there and tell what I told you to do. Go do it. Amen. That's how God worked with us. God saved us and suits Him. And God did not make a mistake putting you and me in the church. But we may not live for God like we should. We may not discover why we're in the faith, but we have a dispensation committed to us. You will have to give an account of your stewardship and your talents and your abilities and your opportunities when Jesus comes. Now, <clears throat> so the church got all, you know, competitive who's preaching better, who's preaching less, who's boring, who's lively, and who's whatever. And Paul said, just a minute, I heard a rumor, I heard you're conflicting down there, I heard the church is split into three parts, one for Peter, one for Paul, one for Apollos, in fact, four, one for Jesus. He said, what is wrong with you people? By the way, I heard this from the house of so-and-so. God bless you spies, you whistleblowers. God bless you. Keep blowing the whistle. We will not punish you. We will elevate you to great heights. This is not CIA. Amen. But Paul said, I heard. And I partly believe it. He said, I'm not there, but I partly believe it that there's division among you. You are comparing your talents and your ability in the most destructive way. It's not constructive for the work of God and the cause of God and the kingdom of God. In fact, you're carnal. You're of the world. You brought the world's attitude in the church. You said, who's Paul? Who's Apollos? Who's Peter? Hey, and who are these guys? He said, all they are just water boys. <laughs> Messengers. But they don't worth anything. 
But Christ is Lord over all. Get your bearing right. This is the church of Jesus. Don't belong to Paul or Barnabas or Apollos or such like. Jesus said, I'll build my church. The church belongs to Jesus. Every brick, every carpet, every ceiling belongs to Him. And He's set in the church such as should be saved. God's not going to ask you who should come in. <laughs> you better like who's going to save. He may save the most draconious person in the world. That's His problem. You say, God, that person is is just a devil. I said, I know that, but I still want them anyhow. Because they come in and can bring more in for God than you can. A Samaritan woman did more for the Jesus than the apostles did in the early stage. She brought the whole city to his feet. The apostles said, send them away. But she brought them to Jesus. Her life that was changed is what brought them to the foot of Jesus. Amen. And so God said, look, man, through Paul, tell these guys, you got it all wrong. By the way, he said, look, these gifts are called uh, different ministries. Ministries. You know, we call things ministries that God didn't call ministries. And what God called ministries, we don't call ministries. And to be honest with you, everybody in this church is a leader. Everybody who belongs to God is a leader. Can I prove it to you? He says, I'll make you the head and not the tail. The head always means leadership. And tail means you're not a follower to the world. You are the leader to the world. But when we come together, you're not the leader. You change role. Hello? When Jesus is in heaven, he's almighty God. When down here, he's just a man. And he acts like one. You say, hey guys, I'm God. <laughs> Bow to me. Did you say that? No! He prayed. He paid tithe. Huh? He was circumcised. He submit to the position that he was in. But when he had to be God, he said, look, I forgive that sin. Because he could. Now the Bible said, you're not the tail, but you're the head. And so Paul, <coughs> he wrote to Corinthian church, look, there are diversities of gifts. God is not stupid. He knows the gift that McMurray needs to reach McMurray. Pastor Neil hasn't got a clue what's needed. And wouldn't know who has what. Hallelujah. Okay, you didn't tell me what your abilities are. But he who called you knows what you can do. And knows what you can contribute. Now you may not want to do it. You may not do it. Because some didn't. The rich gentleman really wouldn't do what God said and went away without eternal life. But so will. Because many are called, but few are what? Chosen. God said, I choose those who obey what I want from them and not give me what. You know, Saul had a sad story in his hands. The Lord told him, go kill those Agites. And the church, he did half of that. And the part that he felt was no good to God and the party felt was good for God, he brought to God. And he got a bad word from the prophet. You have missed your chance for being established. He said, I sent you to destroy all. What on earth are you bringing to me? I don't want that. He said, you did a good job, but I never asked you to do that. So it's not good to you or profitable for me.
And God said, you lost your kingdom. See? So you've got you to know what God put you in the body for. And when you find your place, do it. And don't worry about sister so-and-so says or believe about it. Hello? I promise you, in my preaching, my grandma may be way off. But I don't care what you think. It's the spirit behind the message. This is not a language class. This is not a grammar class. My writings may be all, the verbs and the adjectives may be sounding right. But God didn't ask me to be a, a, an editor-in-chief. <laughs> he just said, preach the word. Preach the word. That's all he said. Preach it. Anyway, Paul said, okay, there are diversities of gifts. And even though we're many members, we're one body. We're not independent. You can't take your toy up and go home and say, I don't like the way things are going around here. Well, you can't be going to lose the church. You're many members, but one body. And you're all interdependent. One of the reasons why Joseph represented the church was that many colors, he meant the church would have a rainbow of nations. One of the reasons why God put the rainbow over the throne because the rainbow represented the nations of the world. When God built the tabernacle, the fabric were made of many colors. Meaning the church is made of many cultures, many nations, but they're one blood. I'm going to take one God's blood to save us. Praise the Lord. But some folks don't believe that. And so Paul is trying to teach Corinthian church and say, you want, to, you want to prophesy? You can, but wait for your turn. You want to see healing? But when you all come together, you all can come in as a mob and start to do your own thing. He said, God is not the author of confusion. God is a God of order. Read Genesis chapter 1. God said things in order. Hallelujah. And said, so you Corinthians, you may all prophesy, you may all sing a song, you may all do this, but look, wait your turn. And you do it according to the, 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 the ability God gave you. He said, we got different offices and different administration, but it's by the same Spirit. And you don't have a right to jump over my fence and tell me how to run my office while you're not doing your office. Because you worry about my office, who's doing your office? <laughs> Hello. When I work at the plant, I work in a certain part of the plant, and it was forbidden for me to go over the other side unless I had authorization to do that and permission. You know what they're trying to stop? Chaos. They wanted an ordered system. Praise God. Every person in their place. And so Paul wrote the 12th chapter of Corinthians and said, Now, boys, let me explain it. There are different gifts, different administrations. So when you come together, you all can operate. Some gifts are needed for pre-service. Some are needed for during service. Some are needed after service. And some are needed outside beyond service. But they're all going to work together. When he comes, he's going to gather together all things into one big package. The body of Christ. Okay, pants of Jesus. 
And so God established in the church first apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, I like that word, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Huh? And then Paul said, hey you guys, are you all apostles? Are you all prophets? Are you all teachers? Are you all working the miracles? In other words, because you weren't miracles, I don't work miracles. I mean, you're better than me. None of these offices are better than any other. These are meant to meet human needs. And the sign of a good leader is you meet human needs. Clap to Jesus. Praise God. He said, now covet the best gift. And I'll show you the, a more excellent way. He said, those who minister for the benefit of all, that's the best gift. Hello. Now, there are gifts in the Bible that edify yourself. And the rest are not edified. When, when I'm praying in tongues, you got no benefit from it. Absolutely none. And if I can preach it in tongues, I'll be like a barbarian talking to you because you know what I'm saying. You know what I know what I'm saying. But if I pray with my understanding... I'm going to benefit my, my listening skills. If I preach to you like I'm doing right now, you don't understand. Hello? Unless I'm going to preach to an interpreter. Now, in chapter 13, I believe if every Christian in this church who's born again of the water and the Spirit, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence by speaking in tongues, whether you're young or old, if you obey this, pastors would have no work to do. If the city of McMurray had everybody obey the Ten Commandments, there'd be no need for the RCMP. No need for traffic control. <laughs> but we don't. So there's a restraint in their midst. All right? <clears throat> Paul said, though I speak, now church, I want to point this out to you. He's telling you, if you don't have these, you are zero. Even though you're born again, He's not talking to sinners. Even though I'm, I, I'll be Acts 2.38, free with the Holy Ghost, talking in tongues, in the church way for 45 years. I mean, in the way. You know, in the way. 45 years, I'm in the way. And if I have not charity, I'll become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. That is scary. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge and though I have all faith so I could move mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. Paul says, if you have not, you are not worth a flip. Think about it. And a lot of people don't read that. Pastors don't preach it. And saints break all those rules. Some folks... Think talking in tongues by loud outbursts that mean they're special. No, you're just offbeat. Because you're not prophesying, get your voice down. You say, well, I can't do that. God said, you can. So the Spirit is subjected to you. It's just as bad as somebody who don't talk in tongues at all. Either way, God is against extremes. To the right or to the left. He wants to stay in the center. He wants to be a balanced Christian. One that he can call a leader. You are the head and not the tail. Hello. 
And it says, he said, Prophet me, I become nothing. And thou hast done all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, profit me nothing. I was in I was in St. Albert to go preach there and teach there, and I heard some news on the radio, and I started crying. I said, Oh God, these people are being massacred and killed. God, how are you going to handle that, Jesus? They don't obey Acts 2 3. I know what they're believing. It's wrong. How are you going to handle that? And God quoted the scripture to me right now, right in my heart. Amen. Though I give my body to be burned, if I have not, you will not. He said, except, get in my mind, a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. If the gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Now I know someone got the answer for those people, but the fact remains they're lost. They died in vain. And they didn't want Peter to die in vain when he pulled out a sword to kill that man. Now, folks, it says here, if you have not charity, it profit me nothing. In other words, you are an unprofitable servant. Are you with me? The best leadership in the church is a leadership servant. You have no business to be a leader if you're not willing to to serve others. Leadership does not mean you are a boss issuing an order, abusing people with words and wanting people to serve you as Lord over God's heritage. That's not what leadership is. Leadership means you get down and wash other people's feet. It means you serve others. Your triangle is not this way, it turns that way. You are at the bottom, not the top. And in any, any gathering, whether it be a meeting or association, you are not the thing. You are the least among them. That's what leadership means. And so, a title don't give you the right to be a leader. Your education don't give you the right to be a leader. Your, your knowledge don't give you the right to be a leader. And all those things don't count. The only thing that really counts is, do you have charity? If you don't have charity, you are wasting your time. You're faithful, but no good. Charity never envieth. You know what envy means? Envy means I should have that job, not you. I should be doing this, not you. <laughs> I should be one preaching, not you. I should be one playing the piano, not me. Not you, me. It's me, me, I, and myself. Number one, I, I should be up there. I should be up there. You know, we're just like the, the son of Zebedee uh, uh, came to the Lord and said, Lord, I want to talk to you, Lord. So he said, Lord, he said, what do you want from me? Well, here's what I want, Lord. I want my children sitting in your right hand and the left hand. I don't care where other people's kids sit, as long as my kids sit on the right and the left. Well, I'm telling you, you're wrong, honey. Jesus says, you're wrong. They can't sit there. Unless the Father give it to them. They'd have been better off if they said, Lord, let other people's kids sit on your right and your left. And that would have made room for their kids. Amen. In the Caribbean, we tell this little story from way back as a kid, I knew it. This person was fostering another person's kid. And the way she did it was this. 
you get all the cooking and the soup, you know, we, we left soup in the Caribbean, and all the nutrient went into the soup. And you know what she did? Give her a kid, kid all the meat that was cooked out. And give the soup to the other person's kid. And couldn't understand why her kid was losing weight. And dying for malnutrition. You see, it turned on her. Amen. That's what selfishness does. Praise God. He says, it doth not, this is the part, behave itself unseemly. Now, ladies, I want to talk to you, ladies. I, I, I don't want to point anybody out here. I have everybody in mind right now. But ladies, when man is out of order, it's bad. When a lady is, it's worse. It's worse. It is ugly. <laughs> My wife and I go a lot, and we don't, she don't speak a lot. And they ask me, she want to speak? Ask her. I say, you ask her. I don't push her at all. So you know she does she just doesn't, and, she, and they watch her like a hawk. They watch my wife because she's just quiet. Let's look pretty, and she don't talk. And people look at her, and, and they always tear at my wife. But I've seen other women, friend, they're just like a man. They're rambunctious. They're just out of order. I've seen women get down the pulpit and be gracious and present the word of God. I said, ah! <laughs> oh, oh my God. Sit down, woman. It doesn't suit your gender. I've seen women pray for men. My wife will not do that. And pray for man and rubbing down his belly. Be careful what you're stimulating. <coughs> I mean, it's out of order. You don't think it is? Absolutely. That's not right. The Holy Ghost does not behave himself what? Unseemly and seek it not her own is not easily provoked and think it no evil. Hello. You know Paul was gentle with the saints. He treated them with oh like a nurse. You know a nurse? A good nurse don't just rip their bandage off. They carefully remove it. But a bad nurse, I mean those old ones, you know what's really mean spirited <laughs> they're right off. They'll lack relationship. You wonder why they're in that profession. Amen. And so, rejoice not in iniquity, and rejoice it in truth. Bear all things, hope all things, endure all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, it shall fail. Whether there be tongue, it shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, they shall vanish away. For we know in part, and prophesy in part, I want to tell you, church, a lot of preachers fail. A lot of them fail. Good oratory preachers. Well, here's what they like. You can't have this and fail. You're not going to fail. Guys, you hear me? 
You can be as eloquent as the devil himself. But that don't guarantee your success. But charity never fails. Come on. Humility. Civility. Character building. And when that which is perfect has come, that will be done away with. You know, these kids were in the riot. Neuron may get mad at you for only five seconds and you forget it. Those kids don't carry malice unless you knock and you put something in their brain and mess them up. But kids do not do what adults do. And Paul said, when I was a child, I act like a child. But now I'm changing my way of behavior. Now, folks, I want to talk to you about this. If you're the head and not the tail, here's what God wants you to do. It means you're a leader and not a follower. But before you can be a leader, you have to be a follower. Hello. And if you're a candle pitched upon a hill, God's saying, I've made you a role model, the light that everybody's looking at. Everybody was talking against diatrophies. Everybody was talking about for Demetrius. You ever stop and wonder and sing the song, Lord, have I wounded some soul today? Have I caused some sin, some soul to go astray? Think about it. Amen. The Bible says Sarah chased out Hagar. And she was crying on the side for her kid. And her tears affected God. And God knew what Sarah did to Hagar. And Abraham was grieved. And God showed mercy. You don't want to offend any saints of God and let them go in their prayer meeting and cry against you. You don't ever want it to happen to you. You only have to read Ezekiel. I think 34, 35. It says, I'm against the sheep that become a goat and put their foot in the feed and mess up the message for some weak sheep think about it think about it a candle on the hill I mean in the darkness you should be a light to people not a part of the darkness when God said we are the salt of the earth what is he saying you are the reason to stop the spread of hatred you should stop the spread of abuse and put down the misuse People come to church for a refuge and should not find in the church what they run away from in the world. You can't be the same in the church as you are in the world. That's why they're here. They're here for mercy, compassion, grace. What they ran from in the world they should not find in the church. Amen. The church should not practice the law of the jungle. Survival of the fittest. Always competing. And the fittest one always win. God said, They that are strong among you must bear the weakness of the infirmities of the weak ones. Not kill it. Not put it down. Not highlight it. But cover it up. Help them. Show them up. 
what they what we need from each other is not competition, it's compliments. That's what we need. We need the law of the penguin. They march in single file. And when they come to a place of confusion, where the fog is so thick and they can't see where they're going, they all stop and they're looking around. And no one knows which way to go. And then one of them says, Oh, I, I know where to go. And everybody looked at that one and said, If you know the way, we'll follow you. It doesn't matter who leads as long as we enter the right place. Saul, I couldn't understand Saul. Foolishness. I sent a song saying, David killed 10,000, which never happened. And Saul this thousand. He got mad. And hated him for that reason, from that, from that day on. I said to Saul, what is wrong with you? Who cares who killed Goliath? The fact is he's dead. Our enemy is dead. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I've always taken this position. When somebody preached, I don't think I can come behind them and preach a better message on the same topic. I wouldn't dare do it. When they finish, they've done. And I don't need to go over it and go over it again. Because God spoken within the maturity of that person. God speak within the context of that maturity. And it's complete. Hello. I'm not going to go back there unless I'm mentoring, unless I'm nurturing, and I'm not going to be anger with uh, destructive anger, but constructive anger, which is to build and nurture and take care of. The difference, you know, the way you present the food has a lot to do with the presentation. The food may be okay, but the way you present it is wrong. And it lacked charity. It lacked care. It lacked uh, compassion. It lacked mercy. And I pray, oh, God, I may have authority, but let's not use it. I may have power, but let's not be destructive with it. I may be the head, but let's not stomp anybody. Amen. Love is a fuller word. What love does is what means the most to God. You see, love can be emotional and volitional. But in this scripture here, it's not just emotional. It's volitional. I can confess to you, I lost a lot of people in this church over issues I didn't know anything about. It was under the sea. Were they assertive? Amen. Destroy the weak ones. I had no idea about it. When I see them, they say, well, I said, I didn't know anything about it. You didn't tell me anything about it. And the devil always give the weak one a reason to back out. Because the weak one always backs away. Amen. Out of fear and trepidation. And then the devil goes, pounce on them, and they're killed. Awesome time for the devil to get to eat them up. Think about it. Winning is not everything. I make sure when I, when I witness to somebody... I do not want to win the argument. I want to win the person. I'd rather lose that debate and win that individual. I am not their policeman. I'm not there to dress them down. 
or dress them up. Others present Christ in an acceptable way that they would desire Him. I want them to receive Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about, you know, how bad, whatever the world is. No, no, no. Amen. I want to do it in a way, amen, that will build brotherhood and relationship. Praise God. Love or charity does not crush others. It does not stomp on others. It doesn't magnify the weakness of a sister or brother. It says love covers a multitude of sin. It doesn't mean compromise. It means it's doing it in a constructive way. If we could all somehow learn how to tell the truth in love and reframe the way we say things and think twice before we do things, how many souls we could help? How many souls would still live for God if we could just reframe what we're saying? A true leadership sign is in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 lets you know that love and charity does not seek its own good. Does not what? Seek its own good at the expense of a falling brother. Amen. True charity, amen, is based on quality. Amen. A quality leader shows that I put your interest above mine. I want to hear, I want to serve you. I want to do what I can to see you make it. I want to put differences aside and tolerate you. Because my job is to get you from here to Christ. I want to win you. Amen. Self-interest is minimized. And the other person's interest is optimized. Can you clap your hands to Jesus? Some folks think a leadership means, well, i got a title. I'm the most reverend so-and-so. i got PhD, i got DVD and DDD. All those kids. And CDs, <laughs> and they think that's what that's what it means. No, no. You know, a lot of police think the badge was given to them to to form gangs and shoot people at will. A police does not just shoot to kill; he doesn't have to. It's an option he has. And if I was a police, I would not shoot to kill. I wouldn't. He doesn't have to, but they do. Leadership that is useful to God leads to fellowship. Fellowship means I have self-control of my impulse. I can't let my Adamic call nature come out in this discussion. We may have a conflict, but it's an opportunity for Christ to teach us how to collaborate. How to do the beatitude and have good altitude and good attitude in the situation. It's an opportunity to show kindness. Amen. By giving, amen, attention to the person's need. It's also showing appreciation. Hey, there's no defense against that. I appreciate what you do. You know, your baby may, if you got a brand new baby, and she messed up that diaper, it stinks as could be. Oh, my beautiful baby! It stinks as could be. But you look past the stench, and you're focusing on the beauty of that baby. Don't focus on the weakness of somebody who's trying to do the best they can. Be an encourager. Communicate courtesy. Don't say, hey, come here. I want to give you a piece of my mind. 
Furthermore, you ain't got much left anyhow. Ain't going to eat later on. Think about it. True charity is humility. An absence of personal pride. Or commercial pride. Where you put your ego down. Arrogance is out the picture. And behaving well and not boastful and, and braggadocious. Diatrophus was a problem. But not Demetrius. This church needs a house full of Demetrius's. We don't need the spirit of Diatrophus here. Anybody want to be in the preeminence? You're in the wrong church. If you got a church position, hang it up. You're in the wrong job. You're going to kill the people. Because you're going to be exposed to people. Hello? You know what happened to high turnover job? You get a bad supervisor, and you have high turnovers. You want to make a low retention church? Amen. A bad, bad person position. When the wicked reign, the people <laughs> they weep. And when the righteous reign, there's joy in the house. Think about it. God wants in this church respect, even for the least among us. Treating people like they're important. Respect the contribution they give. Respect their gifts. Don't 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 uh, ridicule it. Don't minimize its worth. Don't say to them, "Well, we don't need that. We already have that." Shut your mouth. Let them give it to Jesus. That's what they have, and God receives it, and God wants it. You may not want it, but it wasn't for you. Stay out of it. It may be a waste to you, but to God is the worship for them. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. When you're a good leader, you're not selfish. You come to meet, to meet the needs of the group, not your own. You respond with care, not damaging people. Amen. You sacrifice and serve others. You know the meeting? The best test of Christianity is in the meeting. There's a chance, friend, to railroad over everybody. I watched a guy, he was in a meeting. He had the facts, but had a wrong attitude. He could not respect the chair. And even though he was right, the group felt a negative feeling towards him because he had no respect for the position and the authority that he was attacking. One guy said to Obama one time, called him a name. And even his own party says, you're wrong. You crossed the line. You publicly going to apologize for what you said. That's the president. Whether you like his policy or not, you're wrong. You don't have the right to say what you just said. And church, can we, can we recognize if a person is a song leader, can you go along with them? If they're the band leader, can you please cooperate with them? You may have more degree and skill than they have. So what? Do you know that Aaron was a better orator than Moses. And God said, I don't want him. I don't want his talents. I don't want his oratory. I want somebody who can care for those people. Respect the people. And when God said, let's destroy them. You know, Moses said, no. Destroy me also. God said, no, Moses. I can't do you do that. You didn't hurt me. He said, well, God, if you're going to hurt them, hurt me too. Because... My heart goes for them. God said, Moses, I'll make a nation out of you. He said, no, God, don't do that. 
Then the Egyptian will say you couldn't finish the job. God said, okay, I repent. That's the only man God repented to because of his attitude. See, the devil don't want you to hear this. Well, you better hear what I'm saying tonight because God will cut you off if you cut others off. One guy in the Bible, he cut off people's big thumb and their big toes. <laughs> For years, and when Joshua captured his country, what did he do? He thumb him and his big toes were gone. Amen. This pulpit was not made for me to come up here and abuse you or chastise you or tell you off. No. That's not what you're here for. I don't preach to, to reprimand you. I'm not your God. I'm not your judge. We're to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Not my feelings. Not my hurt. Amen. I'm not here to undress you or redress you. I'm here to tell you what God says. Amen. And uh, hey, my hands are clean. It's not my word. It's His word. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Sparing people insult. Amen. God wants the kind of a leadership that provides forgiveness. Let people go of resentment. When they walk through that door, they shouldn't feel resentment. Amen. The worst thing that can happen to you, friend, everybody treats you like you got the plague because you are the kind of person you are. That's okay. Clap hands to God tonight. When you come together to work together as a group, God wants you to separate people from behavior. Amen. No put-downs are allowed. No put-down. Be with the subject. And God wants you to practice hope. Hope stands for H. stands for honesty in relationship. Openness in relationship. Patient with the person who's not as quick as you are in effort. Now, I'm going to confess here, my wife always gave me a rough time for this. She was talking to me, and I just butt right in and preempt her, so I'll tell you what she's saying. She said, look, can you let me finish? That temptation is a wicked temptation. But I'm guilty of it sometimes. Jumping ahead. You know, because they talk slow, now they got the answer. Really, it's an insult to the people first communication skill. Hello. Sometimes when you know the answer, you shouldn't jump and give the answer. Wait for your turn. Amen. We should communicate without being condescending. Can you imagine two Christians come together? One thing they're smarter than the other, and they come with verbal put down arrogance and. God, I'm telling you, and in a commanding voice. Hey, just a minute. You're talking to a married person. You're talking to an adult. I'm not your child. I'm not your dog. If you're going to address me, you better have respect. Otherwise, I'm not talking to you. I'm going to walk out on you. You don't come and give me your orders. Well, well God, I want to settle this with you. No, you don't say nothing with me. You need permission to talk to me. Amen. And be gentle, not forceful, not aggressive, not a put down. Amen. People got rights that must not be violated. Space to be respected. Avoid style of damaging people's personality. You know, Sunday school, 
can be a place of much blessing and much cursing. You, you're dealing with people you wouldn't work with if you had a choice outside of Jesus. But because you're in the church, you've got to put up with them. With kids that don't even respect you. And the last thing you want is another teacher, taking off another teacher before the kids. The worst thing, if I was a parent, I would never attack any teacher based on what my kid told me. I would never do it. In fact, I'll slap my kid. I said, how dare you resist that teacher? Bang! That's how they brought me up. And that kept me out of jail. It kept me out of prison. It made me respect authority. I don't care if you say amen or not. It's right. Amen. Well, what did the Sunday school teacher did to you? Well, hey, I want to talk to you. How dare this to my kid? You know what we end up doing? You and your kid get out of our class. When I was in the Caribbean, the worst thing a parent could ever do is attack a teacher. Friend, they, they give you a blacklist, amen, that follow you to the end of graduation. And not one going to teach you. They don't care if you skip class. They don't care what you did. They write you off. That's what's happening to Demetrius. I mean to diatrophies. Amen. Others have self-worth and personality that must be respected God. God brought them in. They're not your subordinate. Now maybe, you know, a, a pastor in the States, he's got his church doctors and lawyers and CPAs. <laughs> he's a Neil. In fact, I'm Dr. Neil. I told them all the time, when I come to your business, I'm your client. But when you walk through that door, I'm your pastor. But you'll never know they got titles. Doctors, PhDs, physicians, school teachers. You just never get to their head. They realize in Christ, all titles drop. We're all sinners. Saved by grace. Is this all right? If we have a strong church, a real church, and nobody should have leadership role or position that doesn't obey these rules. They have no right being there. They're going to be destructive and hurt people. Amen. Praise God. God said to the Pharisees, I hate the spirit called holier than thou. Amen. Can you imagine me coming to church and trying to spank you? You're a married person. This is not a Baptist church. I already say they do those things, but not here. You put your big brother and big sister syndrome. Amen. The saints among us who are very timid should be sheltered. And we should build their self-esteem, not tear it down. Not do things to them till they become paranoid. That when they, <laughs> I've seen it happen before. When, when two class, amen, and one see the, the aggressive coming, they, they start turning like a chameleon, turning red, pink and blue and black. Until they pass by. <sighs> Oh, there's that name called. <laughs> you laugh, but it happens. I would hate to know I'm repulsive with a Christian. 
Jesus attracts people. Amen. We're not your boss. You're not our servants. We're all volunteers. Contributed to Jesus Christ. If that's true, lift your hand and worship God right now. Praise God. You know what? I can't even fire you because I didn't hire you. <laughs> I've never fired anybody in my life. I didn't hire anybody in my life. I'm coming to a close. Stay with me, folks. we got to become a servant leader. Respecting diversity. Embrace differences of style. And I'm telling you, church, I feel sorry for people that others are prating about you and talking against you because of your rambosious attitude. Draconian behavior. Push! You say, well, well Pastor, that, that's just my personality. Except to be converted, you will likewise perish. God's talking to you. The Lord sent me to preach this to you tonight. And I'm telling the truth. We need to, uh, to embrace differences of style. Well, I don't think you should do it that way. It's my way or the highway. Well, first of all, the pastor don't talk to you that way. So you should not talk to people that way. None of you can come here and blame me for any of these things because I've never done it. I never said, well, sit this little stand up. Da, 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 sit down. Have I ever done that? Church, have I done that? No. I want to tell you, friend, I think twice before I talk to you as a married adult or person, whatever you are. And I think we, in leadership, or any role that we are in, to respect others and do the same. And I'm not for anybody who's doing it different. Because it's wrong. Amen. We're here to build up people, not tear them down. We're to allow space for others to operate. Amen. And not let people start to withdraw. Now, I've been to meetings where every meeting got somebody who's a bully. And I make sure I'm not going to be the one, my friend. I'd rather shut my mouth. I believe they the answer. I'm not going to say it unless they ask me to say something. And when I say it, I'm not going to let the chair look stupid. Because I'm there to represent the chair. Amen. I'm there to represent the cause. Praise God. I want people to feel comfortable in their chair, in their position, in what they're given to God, and that it will be remembered as something that is useful and, and worthy of our remembrance Amen. And build their self-esteem because there's room to grow for all of us. Praise God. Amen. We're not there to, to seek and destroy and damage. No, church. We can't do that. Amen. And so the turning point should be tonight. Let's avoid friction. This church don't need friction. We need the northern geese attitude. Hello? John said we need it. The brother overtake the fault. Help him. Restore her. Restore him. A true motivator is somebody, amen, that don't seek to change people, but try to help people to make changes. The salt of the earth is to influence the problem. Hello? You don't create the problem. You try to influence it to stop the spread. All right? So you're going to motivate people, not intimidate people. Say amen, people. 
Recognize their contribution. Give recognition. Amen. Now give an idea. Sister Denise, stand up. Please. Your word, please. All right. Sister Denise, stand up, please. I guarantee if I got these two to teach a Bible study, they teach a different. Guarantee that. All right. Zach, where you are? Stand up. All right. Brother, stand up, please. Marine, yes, stand up. I guarantee if I ask the guys to preach the same time, same message, they're going to preach differently. Our job is to say, Amen. Amen. I don't want sister to go there and change up what she taught. And they can feel like she's stupid. No. I said, No. I said, No. Hallelujah. Amen. Receive what they have. To God, what you gave is accepted. To what you give, God is accepted. Hallelujah. I believe that tonight, church. <laughs> Amen. Let me see you. Thank you, folks. All right. I'll just pick you at random. Well, you know that. Please don't read it until that. Don't read it until I understand, please, guys. All right. Closing. Build up others. Don't tear them down. Allow others space to grow. Change yourself. Don't change other people. Hello? <laughs> change yourself. And other people just, he knows. <laughs> All right. All right. You will remember how you treat others. How you affect their self-esteem. I know this sounds pretty long, but if this church will be strong and be useful, if God can make use of, of your life, you have to open up. My mother, before she died, played a tape for me, one of the best sermons I heard preached in Papua. Most of the Canadians would not understand nothing was said. But Fred, it was awesome. I love that tape. I wanted a copy of it. I didn't get it. But it was awesome. This guy started real good. Then he branched off into the slang of Jamaica. And Fred, it was awesome message. But you don't understand it. I would say, well, what's wrong with that guy? I'm embarrassed by him. No, I'm not. There was a spirit in there. People were getting saved. Because God understood what he was saying. And those folks understood what he said. It was received. Hello. Hello. And others are very eloquent. And, you know, one guy said, and said, Neil, since you got old, you got less agile. You're right. I'm tired. <laughs> oh, come on, church. Come on. Can I take ten, ten more minutes? Please. Avoid friction by good PR. Be a good communicator. Don't put people down. Don't railroad over people. My boss was very good, very intelligent, very, but he was nasty. He was rude to our people. You know, you know, he got fired. They escorted him on the plant site. Nobody likes him. Nobody. And the bosses heard, and people quit over him. Now I didn't. I didn't quit. I tormented him. I stayed. I wouldn't quit. Amen. All right. Give people recognition. Honor people. Show them the, the right way. Now I'm going to stop on this here. I'm coming upon it here. I believe God said in this church, there's the right person and the right place and the right time for a job. 
you know some church sometimes humility people mistake for weakness yes don't overstep your boundaries don't overstep it stay in your lane the kindness of Jesus towards Peter the apostles make him feel like he could resist Jesus and grab him by the collar and say you're not going to Calvary and Jesus looked at him and looked at the rest and said get behind me Satan don't get familiar with authority to the place where you lose respect Amen praise God hallelujah I love the way my wife is I can't speak for you guys I love the way she is she just sit right there and listen hallelujah Praise God. Of course, she doesn't listen to me. <laughs> That's all right. Let's stand. Sometimes there's lateral movement in the church. There's no reason why pastor you can't say, okay, the piano player now become the organ player, and the organ player plays that drums or whatever. Why can't we reassign you without you reading into it? Why can't we say, okay, you know, da, 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 da. This is not your place, da, da, da. The grass always looks greener, but, you know, it's good to have, it's good to have a cross-pollinating sometimes. I promise you, I would like to live forever, but it won't happen. And so someone is going to preach right back here. It may not be who you think it should be. And maybe think who you think it ought to be. Now, I heard some church where they took guns out and knives and fight each other over who should be there. That won't happen here. Hopefully, by the grace of God. Hello? Praise God. Let's separate, praise God, ourselves from the works of the flesh. We don't want anybody quitting church because of mistreatment. If you're a leader... A good leader in a meeting talk the least. If you chat too much, then you don't need those people there. Because he came in with his own idea and he was his own idea. And you know what people do? When you start to do that, they backed off. And they go at it. Talk all you want and we're going to go home when you're done. He learned nothing. He gets nothing. Praise God. Amen. In the church, sometimes God wants you to move forward, sometimes upward, sometimes never backwards. Hello. Hallelujah. To the person beside you, I respect you a whole lot. Praise God. Say, I respect you a whole lot. Say, I respect you a whole lot. You know, a lot of churches sing this song, and I don't know how we sing it. I don't know how deacons and elders and pastors and bishops sing this song. If I have wounded... No, it's not if I... I know I have. <laughs> they know they have. What do you mean, if I have wounded some soul today? You know you have. And you ought to be repenting. Praise God. Would you bow your heads right now?
not mean to be mean spirited or facetious similar to the one that said amen the most is the one that's guilty of the most and sometimes the one that don't need to come to the altar always come to the altar but God's about the new thing in this church and he won't, he won't ask you who should come to this church and then bring all sorts educated they might replace you at the will of God with their skills and their talents and all you got to do is move laterally King Saul could not live with the fact that David would replace him he tried to kill him and chase him in the hand of the Philistines he couldn't accept that David would outperform him he fought it a wise preacher knows God always bring the pe- people in the church smarter than him more talented than him better educated than he is not a threat to him his job is to make use of their talents as God so guide and the saints this is not political folks you don't vote for this thing God choose who he wants God set in the church and to please him please him I want it tonight if God spoke to your heart tonight don't let me said I left church because you bothered me you intimidated me you 